Here at Grace Bible Church, we're all about disciple making, and we feel one of the best ways to make disciples who make disciples is through our community groups. And we've been showcasing our three major ministries that we have here at Grace Bible Church, Regeneration, Reengage, and now Rooted. Let me just say this. Our community groups are open to all the public, and Rooted it's a great introductory for those that are unchurched or not, or not know what it feels like to be here at Grace Bible Church. Invite your neighbors, invite your friends that don't come to Grace, bring them in, plug them in, they will grow in Christ. There's no excuse, I hope, for you not to join a community group. Every day, starting in September, you choose your time, go to the link. That's all my two seconds or two cents worth of community groups. Today we do continue our series that we've entitled Momentum, getting back into the rhythm of things on how we're supposed to do church. And let me quickly recap what we covered so far. We started off by why church? What's the importance of church? The last week we talked about disciple making and how important it is for us to be disciple makers. And today we're going to talk about a topic that is really hard for some of us to hear. And that topic is giving being generous. We're a church that's authentic, right? We're a church that's a family. So I'm going to be real authentic with you, very vulnerable with you before I start. It's really, really hard for me to preach about this topic. I've been praying for weeks. I've been dreading it a little bit. I've asked for our leaders to pray for me. I've asked for our volunteers to pray for me. And here's why. When it comes to this topic, a lot of us get offended. When it comes to this topic, a lot of us say, ah, oh, man, here we go again. Just another church that wants my money. Let me just say this off the bat. Grace Bible Church is not that. I don't know any amount that any of you give at all. I promise you that. If you give a dollar or you give a million dollars, I don't know because all of us here are in a journey, really are. And to me, and we're going to see to God, it's not important how much you give. What's important is your heart. If you're insulted this morning, please don't get it the wrong way. We are Grace Bible Church. Bible. And we're going to preach and teach everything that God has to say through his word. And did you know that Jesus speaks more about money than heaven and hell combined? Did you know that? Did you know that there's over a hundred proverbs that talk about our resources? How do we need to be good stewards? How we need to work diligently? How to control our finances? Over a hundred. It's important to God. So it's important to him important to us. And the reason, again, I make this very clear. God doesn't want your money. God doesn't need your money. He's a creator of all things. God wants your heart. And boy, do I, I know that firsthand. When I first became a believer, a little bit over 13 years ago, man, I was on fire. I was a greeter. I was a nusher. They never let me sing, but that's a separate story. But I was in every small group. Yeah, yeah, and I became a leader. Man, as a Christian, I was like an A+. Plus. Man, doing everything. But don't you dare talk about giving to me. Right? God's saying, okay, good. 
You look on the outside really good. You're doing all these wonderful things in the church. You're growing in the church. You're learning God's word. But you're not applying because you know what? You're not giving me all of your heart. It looks like you are, but deep down inside, God knew my heart. And I would say my heart was for money. It's all about the heart. And that's why Jesus says in Matthew 6.21, for where your treasure is, is there your heart will be also. So let's quickly do a heart check, okay? Where is your heart in your life? Where is your heart in dealing with God, in your intimacy, in your worship with God? Let me ask you some questions. How often do you worry or think about money? I did some research, and it says that 25%, 25% of Americans say they worry all the time. They're continuously thinking, do I have enough? I don't have enough. How do I make more? Worry, 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 stressed out. Let me ask you, do you believe that if you had more money, you'd be happier, less stress, less problems? Statistics show that if you get more money, you'll be happier a little bit. But what happens is the more money you make, the more you want, and you end up in the same place Never, ever, ever satisfied. Never, ever grateful for what you do have. Always looking for what you want and concentrating on what you don't have. If someone were to look at your spending, would they say you were a generous person or not? This blew my mind. The average American spends 23% of their income on themselves. Me, 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 travel, this, clothes, you name it, right? There's nothing wrong with that. But look at your spending. Is it more about you or is it more about others? An average American will spend $145,000, an individual, in their lifetime. Last question. Just doing a heart check. Do you tithe? Ouch. Do you give 10% as God has called us to give? You know that only 5, 5% of Christians tithe. 5%. It's all about the heart. Where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Today, I just want us to focus on three things when it comes to generosity, when it comes to our giving. First, I want us to look at that generosity is good. That's number one. We're also going to see how when we give, it's out of obedience, not out of obligation. And last, we're going to see how being generous is giving or depositing into a divine deposit. It's an investment into eternity. Three things. The Bible has a lot to say, but I'm going to focus on these three things. So let's get started. I am going to go throughout Scripture quite a bit. Um, we are going to have the verses on the screen behind me. So let's start for the first thing when it comes to generosity. Generosity is good. Generosity is good. Because you know why? Because generosity not only changes you, it changes others. Generosity is good for you. I love how Paul says in Acts 20, he quotes Jesus Christ. Acts 20, verse 35, Paul says this, In all things, 
I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak, the less fortunate. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Jesus knew our hearts. Being generous is good for you and for me. Money, again, statistics show it does not make you happy. True joy, everlasting joy, only comes in him, through him. Psalms 37.4 is a perfect example. He says this, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Being generous changes you. I know uh, some of you are like me. That when it comes to a generous act, if we see somebody doing a generous act or we ourselves do something, don't, don't you get this good feeling? Doesn't it make you feel better? There's a show that my wife and I watch often called Undercover Boss. And at the end of it, he, he brings his employees and he reveals himself or she reveals herself and he, he or she starts blessing with them. And man, my wife and I are like, oh man, stop it, crying and crying and crying. But it feels good are you with me? We see posts on Facebook how someone was so generous and gave. It changes you. It changes your heart. And the more money you have, the more you stress. It doesn't bring you happiness. And the richest man that walked this earth, Solomon, wrote this of Proverbs 11, 24 through 25. This is what he says. One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds, withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Get more, want more. We're never satisfied. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 12. Sweet is the sleep of a laborer, whether he eats little or much, but the full stomach of the rich will not let him sleep. Boy, again, I can testify to that. Prior to going into ministry, prior to giving my heart, completely surrendering to God, I was chasing money. And I had the money. We were successful in people's eyes, my wife and I, with our business, transportation, you name it, entrepreneur. But I couldn't sleep. I was stressing out. What if we lost a customer? What if we did this? I need to have more money. Oh my goodness, we can't afford this. We can't. I got to work, 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 work. Anybody relate? Don't, oh, thank you for being honest. <laughs> Let me say this. My wife and I make less, a lot less. But boy, are we happier. I can sleep. Trust God. His promises are true. Give him your heart. It changes you. But not only does it change you, it changes others Proverbs 3.27 says this, Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. When you can, be generous. Change the life of others. Proverbs 28.27, Whoever gives to the poor will not want, but he who hides his eyes will get many a curse. I try to practice what I preach. I remember one day, I was at Big Lot's, and there was this couple in front of me, 
and they were trying to pay for their merchandise, and they got a card, and it was declined. They opened up the wallet. It was a couple, and, and they couldn't find any cash. They tried card after card, and nothing declined. People behind me were getting frustrated. Come on, come on. And I said, you know what? I, I told the cashier, I got it. And they both looked at me like, what? I got it. Well, you don't have to. I said, I know I don't have to. I got it because, and this, we, these were my words, because Jesus loves you. But three years ago, they were shocked. The people behind me were shocked. The cashier was shocked. I paid for the product. I paid for mine, and they went on their way. I got home, and I told my wife. And she was like, man, that's awesome. A week after that, we're at Walmart, and this lady was buying stuff for her baby, a whole bunch of child, children's stuff, diaper, all these other things, and, and the same thing. Her card wouldn't pass, and I'm there like, come on, lady, hurry up, and my wife, hey, hey, let's be generous. I said, are you kidding me? I paid 40 bucks. This is 140 bucks. A big difference, right? <laughs> He's working on my heart. We're all work in progress. You know what? Her card finally went by, but I would have paid. I should have paid. But since, this, since then, I'm not bragging. Hear me, because God has worked in my heart. We get to steward our money better. My wife and I, we budget. We have more than we could ever ask for. And now we have what's called a generosity fund in our monthly budget. Boy, does it feel good. We have this money. My wife, hey, there's a generosity. Give, 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 give. Better watch. No te pases del generosity. <laughs> generosity changes lives, yours, mine, others. Second thing I want us to look at about generosity, about giving, is this. Giving is supposed to be done out of obedience, not out of obligation. When you give, when you're generous, don't be forced, don't be guilt. It's out of obedience, it's out of trust, it's out of love. And that's why Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 9, 7, he says this, each one must give as he has decided in his heart. There it is again. Not reluctantly or under compulsion. Why? For God loves a cheerful giver. When you start giving, when you start being generosity, you're telling God, God, I trust you more than anything. You build this bond. I, Man, I wish I could explain it. And maybe you know what I'm talking about if you are doing so in your generosity. This intimacy with God. Why? Because you are giving him completely your heart. And then God tells us how. How to honor him. Proverbs 3.9, he says this. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. We call this tithe. We are called to tithe 10% of what you and I make. We give it back to him. Again, not out of obligation, and he doesn't need our money. It's out of trust, saying, God, I trust you. You're in control all things, and I don't want to put my control or my trust in my money. I give it to you. As a matter of fact, this is the only place where God says, you don't trust me in this? You don't trust me with your money? Test me. God's telling us, I double-dog dare you if my promises aren't true. That's why he writes to the prophet Malachi 3.10. He says this, bring the full tithe, your 10%, into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to the what? Test. Test me. It's God saying this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven 
for you and pour down for you a blessing until there's no more need. God will give you more if you're more generous. We are called to be rivers flowing with generosity and God will give you more to further his kingdom. But what do we do? We hoard it for ourselves and say, no, I trust this more than I trust you, God. My money's my security. In my journey, in the giving, in the generosity, when we first became believers, five years I didn't tithe. Five years reading scripture, being an example of what Christianity should be, right? Five years. We'd come, we'd pass the offering basket, 20 bucks, 20 bucks, 80 bucks a month. Hear me. My wife and I have never made $800 a month. We made more than that. But then God was nudging in my heart. Man, yeah, I want your heart. Don't be a hypocrite. On the outside, yeah, you look all pretty, right? Doing all these things. Your heart, man. Okay, God. Little by little. We're all in a journey. Trust him little by little. A hundred bucks a week. But if we didn't show up, I didn't pay. Because I wasn't here, right? Why should I give a hundred dollars? We're all in this journey. But the moment, the moment I gave, we gave of our first fruits 10% and then some. Wow. Man, put them to the test. It's not for this church. It's for his kingdom. It's for your good. Out of obedience, out of cheerfulness. You know, when you try a steak and you love it and you want to share with everybody else, and I can describe the steak to you, how good it tastes, but until you taste it, you know what I mean? Taste the generosity. Taste it. Changes your life. It changes other people's lives. You do it out of obedience, not out of obligation. You do it because you trust him. And you'll find an intimacy with God that you have never had before. Number three, giving is a divine deposit. Generosity is good. It's out of obedience, not obligation. And giving is a divine deposit. See, we need to change our perspective when it comes to our money. God owns everything. And what God is asking you and me is that what he has given us to be good stewards of it, to further his kingdom, to deposit into eternity, not here. Now hear me, there's nothing wrong with having pleasures. There's nothing wrong with having money. That's not what I'm saying. What's wrong is when we're trusting money more than we're trusting God, what's wrong is we're not stewarding our money that he has given us to further his kingdom, to make a divine deposit, a deposit that really matters because everything here will one day be gone. That's why Jesus says in Matthew 6, 19, do not lay up treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but... Deposit, invest your treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. We as a church are called to further his kingdom and the church being us into eternity. You know what? What if when I'm in heaven, I see that couple that I paid 40 bucks for not that I did anything, but what if, and I imagine this, what if, 
that when they left, they said, did he say Jesus? Let's go look into this guy, Jesus. That is a reward better than any reward we can have on earth, don't you think? As I look back, I am so grateful for the people before me coming to this church, how they sacrificially gave. We have this building that I could be stewarded, that we had a pastor that taught me these things. It's an investment into his kingdom. It's a divine deposit. Now, hear me. It's not an investment where, God, I'm going to give you five bucks. You're going to give me ten. No. It's nothing about the money. Again, it's about the heart. But there's promises that he gives us to glorify him and be happy in Christ. This is what Solomon says in Proverbs 11.25. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and one who waters will himself be watered water. He'll get more to give more. And Paul writes this in 2 Corinthians 9, 10 through 11. He who supplied seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase a harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way. Why? To be generous in every way. Not to store it for yourself. To be generous, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God to glorify him, further his kingdom, deposit in eternity. Man. Generosity is good. Obedience and obligation. Not an obligation. And it's divine deposit. It's an acronym. G-O-D. God. Who's your God? I knew who mine was. Who's your God? Jesus says in Matthew 6, 21, no one, not you, not me, no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. Why? You cannot serve God and money. Who's your God? Because you can't be serving both. I know it. You can't just give a little bit of your heart or 50% of your heart. you got to surrender it all to him. And a lot of it has to do with surrendering our money, being generous. So the question that we should ask yourselves, the question that once you leave, talk amongst yourself, pray to God about this question. Ask, is my money God's or is my money my God? Ask that. How are you stewarding? It belongs to him and he's asked us to steward it in his way to be generous to further his kingdom. I'm going to close with this. When it comes to generosity, Jesus paid it all. Talk about being generous. He gave it all, stepped out of heaven, gave up all the riches. As a matter of fact, Philippians 2, 5, 7 says this, have this in mind among yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. The king became a servant, born in the likeness of men. Talk about being obedient. Jesus was obedient to the point of death, willing to go to the cross, joyfully going to the cross, verse 8, and being found in human form. He humbled himself, again, humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. He did it not out of obligation, but out of love. 
Hebrews 12, 12, looking at to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy, for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and the seat at the right hand of the throne. Talk about a divine deposit, giving his righteousness, paying for our sin debt, something that you and I could ever pay for. 2 Corinthians 5, 21, for our sake he made him to be sin, who knew no sin. Why? So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. 1 Peter 2.24, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, we have been healed. Have a passion for the Lord because he changes your heart. He changes everything. He wants your heart. This is what I want you to do before you leave this morning. In the pocket in front of you, there is, there is a pamphlet that looks like this. It talks about giving. Take it with you. It goes into more details than I had time to go into it. It's all about the heart. Test him. Trust him. If you don't want to be stressed, if you want to have an intimacy with God, if you want to trust him more, be generous. Give. We could be a church, we are a church that is changing lives because we're stewarding his money in furthering his kingdom, sharing the gospel, bringing others to Christ. Thank you guys. Let's pray. Father, I do give you thanks and praise. I thank you that you continue to work in our hearts. Father, I know that a lot of us are still walking in this process. I know. Wherever we're at, maybe this is the first time that we walk into this church, just work in that person's heart, wherever they're at. We've been here for years, Father. Work in our hearts that we can trust you, that we can know that your promises are true, that every word that I was just reading right now that they're your words not mine please instill in our hearts that it's nothing to do with Grace Bible Church and all to do with you to minister your word to minister the furthering of your kingdom to point others to your son Jesus Christ Father I have a long way to go and that's why I'm here surrounded by my family growing together loving on each other and on your community Father we surrender all because you deserve it all. We love you. We pray all these things in your son's name. Amen. Thank you, church. I love you guys.